Now, Robbie, go ahead and uh, explain what happened last week. What do you mean, what happened I, last I, week? I, I do have a, uh, a qualm <laughs> about this. Um, nice picture you took of me. <laughs> that was. But I guess there's like no legitimate pictures of the Raspberry Sunshine, but I had to be half blinking. Sure. Yeah, didn't I, I kind of stacked. I tried to stack the deck in my favor there. Welcome to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should, and you probably are, and that's why we like you. I feel like I'm uh, Mr. Rogers saying that, like, and you're a friend, and you're a neighbor, (laughs) but I kind of like it, so we might be keeping this up. We might be keeping this, you know, you probably are, and and that's why we like you, because in a lot of ways, that is why we like you guys, because it's a community of whiskey drinkers so uh before i get into anything i want to talk about some business hey check us out we're on iHeartRadio and their app what uh, so that's something good to have is uh but the weird thing is it's like uh if you search and i quote chill filtered we're like the 100th podcast on the list even though we're like the only podcast with the words chill and filtered in it <laughs> but hey we're on iHeartRadio, so there. that's a good thing. And we're also on TuneIn, but we were previously on TuneIn. Uh, some ways you can support us this week. Um, uh, actually, I want to I want to give a story. Um, this bottle that we're or the pour we're drinking this week is from our good friend Nathan Anthony, who is a supporter on Patreon as well as a supporter with you know awesome samples and just with hitting us up on Instagram. Uh, Nathan hit us up this week and said something along the lines of, uh, the cured oak that was sent to him was amazing. Something along those lines with a great gif of Leonardo DiCaprio biting his, his fist. And we love Nathan because he takes care of us, but I want those listeners out there to know that we take care of him too. I can't always (laughs) promise things like, uh, cured oak for, for all of our Patreon supporters, but we definitely throw back a few good uh, things when the good is thrown to us, if that makes any <laughs> any sense at all. That's the business I'm going to talk about. I rarely like to just talk about Patreon, but Patreon's a great way that we can take care of you as well. Uh, and maybe get some swag, you know, like uh, Miles Ferguson gets a cool, um, what do you call it? Why am I blanking? Flask? Uh, flask. Yes. I was like, hip flask? Yeah, but it is a hip flask, but... <laughs> Great ways to support us. And it really so is uh, today we are drinking. What's that? It's the hippest of hip flasks. Oh, I, I would I would consider it a hip flask. I would consider me a hip guy that enjoys a hip flask. <laughs> anyway, today we are drinking Old Forester Birthday Bourbon from mm-hmm. 2019 release. They're actually in a, a few or like probably four or five weeks. They're going to release the 2020 release. It's not out yet, apparently. Uh, but it's exciting. We're stoked. Uh, but before we talk about anything of the history or anything, I want to know how Robbie's doing. So how you doing, Robbie? I'm good, man. So um, remember when you were here, uh, we mentioned mm-hmm. Blanton's and you were talking about my, my stoppers and asking what letters I had. Yeah. All I had were O's. O's? So uh-huh. O's is my favorite. So then we bought that bottle the last, when you guys were here, so last week. I finally opened yeah. it up this week and guess what letter I got? Boo. I got boo. I got B. So yeah. <laughs> nice. It was a B. I, I drink booze. 
Booze. I do drink booze. <clears throat> so anyway, no. you got to get a Z. No. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's been a good week. Um, had my anniversary with the wife this last week, so fourteen years. Oh, that's and, great! Uh, Congrats. Yeah, thanks. And it, it was it was a little bit lackluster just with everything going on. We were we For did sure. have an awesome anniversary planned. Pre-COVID, we we're going to go see the net and the national. We're going to come to Boise for the first time in Aww. like forever, and so like usually we'll try we'll travel to see them for sure. Um, but we're like, sweet, we'll be in town. We got a sitter for the night. We had a hotel hotel room downtown. And going to hang out at some bar. So it was going to be what is going to be like a really fun anniversary. Uh, instead, wife worked and we just kind of stayed at home. Made some enchiladas and uh, nice. Yeah, so I mean, it wasn't anything. And then I, we, oh, we get went and got some uh, blizzards with the girls. So I brought those home. Oh, but, that's sweet. Yeah, so it was kind of a fun fun time this week. And uh, other than that, just kind of hanging out. Um, Moose is getting fat. I don't know what Moose is getting into. But Moose He's is getting into a lot of yeah, things. So, him. Yeah, I've had to like we had to start picking up his exercise regimen. So Moose is getting pretty fat, <laughs> and uh, yeah, not, nothing too much else going on. I did want to say though, uh, Nathan uh-huh. Anthony actually first hit us up on Facebook, which is a scary thing oh, to that's do. Because, right. Yeah, that's just a scary thing to do because I manage the Facebook poorly. Like I'll probably go like, like do a couple of weeks where I'm like, yeah, I'm active and I posted the episodes for the week, <laughs> and then I go like on a month stint where I just forget about it. So I don't really check Facebook too much myself. Um, so anyway, hit us up there first. And and he, he wisely switched over to hitting us up on Instagram instead because that's uh-huh. more active. So yeah, yeah. And we're like trying on Instagram. We're like maybe two posts a week and then uh, two stories a week too. But yeah. yeah, I wish. I don't know, man. I like to talk about whiskey. I don't always like to post things, but we will for our listeners because they love us. <laughs> or they hate us. Nah, nah. We're one of those yeah, podcasts. Or they hate our We're so controversial. At, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and then the other thing I gotta mention too, I'm probably gonna be coughing mm-hmm. a lot this episode. I like aspirated on a tortilla chip today. And like whenever that happens, like You perspirated on a tortilla chip? Aspirated. What does that mean? It's when it starts going down into your lungs. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> I like and after that happened, like I just Flimmy all the rest of the day, so got a lot of all coughs right. going on. So yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. And he doesn't have the Rona, listeners. Not know. yet. Who knows if you ever do? Because it's like every symptom you could possibly have is a symptom of coronavirus. So yeah, um, are yeah. there stomach symptoms on there? Oh yeah, I think one of the first ones is like diarrhea, really? diarrhea, and nausea. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I would I love to have already had it. <laughs> Not that I had any stomach you, issues. I'm kn- like, I have the strongest stomach in the world, dude. Yeah. Is it too? Can, is it too I strong? Think, have I mentioned this on the podcast? Where people are basically like, where people say, "Oh, I shouldn't eat that because I'll feel yeah, it later." I think you have, yeah. And I have no idea what that means. Like, have you ever had heartburn in life? Uh, I think maybe once or twice okay. uh, in my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it a ton either. But the first time I yeah. ever got heartburn, I thought I was dying. I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. I am going to die. Like, I didn't know what it was. Uh-huh. It was from a tuna fish sandwich. And I love tuna fish. Oh, you know, yeah. it'll get you. I did. But the crazy thing is, why didn't you get any other tuna fish sandwich? In the- I don't know. That's the thing. It just came out of nowhere. tuna. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I think I was newly married at that point. My wife's like, I married a crazy person because he thinks he's dying from heartburn. So, <laughs> which <laughs> and Was she a nurse at that point? Uh, she was in nursing school at that point, so... Oh, I got you. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, I don't know if anybody, like, from what I hear, if you are married to someone in the medical field, they see people die, and, like, your little symptom that's annoying you, like, you don't get <laughs> you don't get sympathy. I don't get sympathy from the wife. And that's fine. I don't yeah. need it. Um, 
but she's like, <laughs> she's worried about, I so saw next, next week at this time, I'll have had my tonsillectomy and she's like, Robbie, you don't handle pain very well. I don't know how bad <laughs> this is going to be. I'm like, it could be, I'll just try to stay to myself. So now are you the type that will seek a little bit of sympathy? I like when a little, you're sick? I like a little sympathy. I, I, I yeah. do like a little sympathy. I like to see, I am sorry you feel bad, you know? I, that's, yeah, minimal sympathy. For the, for the, yeah, I just need to say, like, hey, I'm sorry you feel bad. And then, like, for the most part, I can just, I, I t- complain a lot, though. So then I can say, uh-huh. yeah, I'm a big complainer. Uh, it still hurts. Uh, I don't feel good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know you've said it like a million times. But, oh, that's yeah. funny. Anyway, how's your week been, Cole? Yeah, I, oh, go ahead. I, no, I feel like I, I, I hate sympathy when I'm sick. Uh, rather, I don't even like my own sympathy when I'm sick. Like, I'm just like, I'm just going to get up and do, I, I think it's because I hate being bored and being sick is boring sometimes. And I don't like really watching TV much. And, um, I don't really binge on Netflix or anything like that. Like I can watch a show on Netflix, but it's about one episode at a time. Uh, speaking of which, I'm not really going to go well into this, but did you finish dark the show? No, um, I, no, I didn't. Let's just Did say you? this. I loved the ending. Was it good? Was it worth it? I thought it all started to click at the okay. ending. Man. Um, I, I, something's got to click Listeners out there, point. if you're really into German drama sci-fis, hit up the show Dark. It is well worth it. Apparently, Stephen King's a big fan. I found it's, that out. But anyway. Well, the first season was amazing. Yeah. And then I thought the second season was fantastic. And we too. didn't really watch the second season, but then we came in on the third one with you guys. So yeah, and so I was kind of lost. I'm not a big TV guy. I was in uh, the dark. But there's only a few shows that I'll ever watch, yeah. and it was good. You know what I watched is uh, uh, I uh-huh. watched uh, the Last Dance with the uh, Michael Jordan 1998 Bulls. Oh, I heard that was great. It was really good. I there's so many memories I totally forgot about. Like oh, my uh-huh. SuperSonics in the finals against them, and like. I used to be oh, a wow. huge, huge Charles Barkley fan. Uh, I felt to like boot. Yeah, and so like when they beat Phoenix, there, there I was, I was sad. But lots of good memories. That was a good documentary. I thought it was fun. So that's cool. Yeah. No, yeah. I. Uh, how am I doing? I guess I'll answer your question. I'm. I'm good. <laughs> Scan through my last week. Work's uh, been chill. I had a presentation yesterday, mm-hmm. and I felt really great about it. And I actually. Felt like I did a really good job, and nice. they and I got a few compliments afterwards, which was cool, especially when I've only worked there a year and a half. So that was a highlight. Uh, I'm planning this date for my wife this weekend, mm-hmm. and I probably shouldn't talk about it now, but I will <laughs> talk about it next week. I assure you of that. No, you won't, um, because I think she's in the adjacent room right now as I'm recording, so I'm not going to go in. But it, it's like I like went all out for nice. this date plan, well, oh, yeah, uh, especially yeah. for like quarantine mode. I felt like I did a good job, so we'll see if I did a good job. You're in, a, in a month, no, in a month, because next week's our first. <gasps> You're right. So we're going to leave the listeners hanging. Mm, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so remember this, listeners. Hey, but I'm excited about these three episodes, though. So uh, should we mention what they are yet, or should we just um, take it one week at a time? I don't know. I mean, let's just take like, one week at a time. Well, I guess mention them. Why not? Who cares? Yeah. So we did three episodes, of course. We've mentioned that already while we were in Boise. Well, I was in Boise. and I was there, too. Yeah, you were totally there. <laughs> I, was, I saw it. <laughs> and we basically were prepping, as most people know at this point, who listened to the past two episodes, there will be a tonsillectomy on Robbie's behalf. 
Uh, is that the way to phrase it? I don't know. <laughs> but we pre-recorded so we could fill in August because it, when, when's your surgery again? Next Thursday. So Thursday. we record so, yeah. on Thursdays. It'll be next Thursday, so I won't be able to record. Mm-hmm. So, um, but hopefully he'll be good by the end of those three episodes. I'm gonna miss recording. I'll probably be yeah. drinking a lot on Thursday nights. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I, how about this? At the end of the episode, we'll announce the next one. Okay. Um, so we'll do that. I I will uh, say otherwise. Uh huh. One thing I'm looking forward to though is the one yeah. Easter egg we threw in an episode where you write in and you yeah, get a I remember prize. that. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward yeah. to that. See, see if people actually listen. See if they write in. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, something in it for them, too. I'll probably have to order more of the thing we offer. Mm-hmm. I, you dropped some off at my house, too, so I got some, too. So Yeah. Cool. You can hit up the north part of the country. The, the northern country. Yeah, and I'll hit up the southern country. <laughs> Everything um, above the Mason-Dixon line is mine. Yeah. Um, do you know this? Okay, check this out. <laughs> Idaho. It's a big state, right? Yeah, okay. Pennsylvania. A big state, you right? Okay. Pennsylvania fits into the bottom part of Idaho like like it's nothing. Oh, I wouldn't doubt. Well, now you know. Now I know. And I can't wait till I get to use this information. Yeah. I mean, especially on that one Jeopardy question where they're like, which state will fit perfectly into the little part of the bottom of Idaho uh, with, you know, feeling like you know, it's, it's never Rhode Island life where, yeah, <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah. But um, anyway, I guess we're pretty good on the um, shooting the breeze. The breeze has been shot. Uh, oh, it's been shot down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are getting into... The old Forster birthday bourbon. I, I I'm like a little slow today. I don't know if you're noticing that. I'm like <laughs> drifting off at certain points. I have no idea why. It's been a hard time focusing, and there's no like, <clears throat> there's nothing in particular. I think my mind is just like stuttering right now in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we'll get there. Um, but yeah, before we're gonna send it to break. But before we do, um, yeah, we <laughs> wow. I'm not, okay. <laughs> About to send it a break before we get to history. So here we go to break. And we're back. And Cole has a little more of a mind to think straight now because he's got his notes in front of him. Ooh, so we're going to talk about Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. And uh, this is, uh, and specifically we're drinking today the 2019 release. And this is a yearly release bourbon. So it's pretty exciting. And in fact, this year, uh, the 2020, which we're not drinking right now, but the 2021, it's released next month. In, or not next month. Well, I guess it'll be next month when this episode is released in September will be uh, the 20th edition of Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. So it started in 2001, uh, nice. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, not our first Old Forester product on the podcast. We've done episode 54, uh, was our guest episode uh, with Caleb Olson and his friend. Uh, and that was featuring Old Forester 1910 Old Fine Whiskey without an E. Um, episode 72 was Old Forester 1870, original batch. And episode 101, only, what, 11 episodes ago, 
was Old Forester 86 Proof, which was a hit for the price, especially. Oh, one of my new favorites uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. On the cheap range? Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So this is for sure our first birthday bourbon release, though. So we're excited about that. And a huge shout out once again to Nathan Anthony for helping us out with this sample. We so appreciate it, Nathan. Yeah. And uh, glad we can help you out, too. Well, it's funny because like, uh, when the he old was... Forester, I was uh-huh. back up, like, when he was hitting us up on Facebook, and, and I was, and I was yeah. like, I have to like screenshot everything because Cole's not on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm like, I, th- I think he might be giving us a sample. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good sample, Cole. And then like, all of a sudden, uh-huh. it's like, we're getting this. So I'm super excited for this. We've been looking forward to this one for a while now. So Yeah, seriously. And... Uh, well, I'll explain later what my thoughts on birthday bourbon are. So um, I think it's it's a cool journey I've had with this type of bottle. So uh, concerning Old Forester Distillery, we've talked about the distillery a lot more or a little more in depth than the last two Old Forester episodes. So I don't want to get too deep into it, um, but check out episode 72 and episode 101 if you want to. Uh, based in Shively, Kentucky, just outside of Louisville. Uh, remember, if you read Shively and you're like, is it Shively or is it something else? Well, it's Lively in Shively, which is apparently their town motto or something like that. <laughs> that, so, that sounds uh, like something we would come up with. Yeah, exactly. Some <laughs> dad joke worthy something, you know. Uh, and they now have a additional downtown Louisville location, but it looks like most of their Old Forester product comes from Shively uh, at this point still. Uh, but they're building it up in downtown Louisville. And they have an aging warehouse, I believe, in downtown Louisville as well, which is pretty cool in terms of a downtown city as big as Louisville uh, to have like an aging warehouse in the middle of it. Yeah. I bet it smells delicious in that area. <laughs> they, uh, uh, it, they're owned by Brown Foreman, uh, also known to own Woodford Reserve and Jack Daniels. Old Forester was notably the first bottled bourbon uh, sold in, in like sealed bottles because previously it was like you bring your own jug to a to a barrel and fill it up or you get the barrel itself like they'll just sell it by the barrel this was the first company in 1870 to start selling bottles which is pretty cool uh the guy who started selling it was named george garvin brown uh, who was one of the founders of brown foreman this was 150 years ago which is pretty cool to like the year because uh, it was 1870. Uh, they are known for, try to remember this, Robbie, <clears throat> 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted barley mash bill. That's a 72, 18, 10. And that'll be important later. Okay. Um, which basically is the same mash bill as Woodford Reserve, we found out. But, you know, it's the same parent company. So there's, there's I mean, but they are very different distilleries, but... Uh, connected in that way uh what we're drinking today the old forester birthday bourbon 2019 so before i get into anything this was actually the first yearly release bottle that i ever owned nice i got it when i was writing uh the whiskey goals blog in 2015 and therefore i got the 2015 release i didn't love it though uh the next year i scored uh, myself three bottles of the 2016 release and nice. actually traded each one of them uh, because I wasn't impressed from the 2015 release. One, actually, I traded for a four grain, an E.H. E. Taylor four grain. Uh, one of the best trades I've ever made. Um, but I forget who I or what I traded the other two for at the time. 
But last year, I actually got to try the 2016 release, the bottle that I got rid of completely, uh, with my friend Brandon at Bourbon Charity. And after tasting it, I super regretted getting rid of them all. Oh. Uh, even though I still stand by my E.H. Taylor four grain uh, yeah, trade. Absolutely. It literally, this tasted like birthday cake. And someone, I mean, Brandon told me this at Bourbon Charity. He's like, he's like, dude, it tastes like birthday cake. I'm like, yeah, I think you're just like, in my head, I'm thinking like, <laughs> are you sure you're not just like associating it with the name? Yeah. And I tasted it and it was literally like sweetness of a cake. And it tasted like birthday cakey, like almost like a, what do you call it? Like a funfetti. Uh, and that that definitely isn't uh, Old Forester's goal of this release is to make it like have a taste like cake. I think it just perfectly worked out. Um, but super sweet cake, you know, it was delicious and very much changed my mind only recently about birthday bourbon series. Um, because I, you know, in 2015, I was like, it's all right. But yeah, that 2016 was phenomenal. Probably one of the top 20 bourbons I've ever had in terms of taste. Um, always slightly different proofs for these. Sometimes it's 98 proof. Sometimes it's 101 proof. Uh, the 2015 release that I had was a hundred proof. The 2016 was only 97 proof. And the 2019, what we're drinking today is the highest of all the years, of all 20 years, Uh-oh. is 105 proof. Okay. The ma- So it's usually, you know, give or take five from 100 proof. Uh, the mash bill is undisclosed, but we might be able to assume that it's what, Robbie? 75% corn, 18% rye. Math on the rest is malted barley. 12? You were really close. Oh, okay. 72% corn. 18% rye, 10% malted barley, but you got okay. the 18 right, so that's okay. what matters. Um, <laughs> which would technically put this in the high rye, or high rye category for sure. Um, but yeah, everything Old Forester makes, base, I mean, in terms of um, bourbon, is basically the same mash bill, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a terrible thing at all. Um, stubbiest of all bottles. There is nothing stubbier than the old Forrester birthday bourbon <laughs> bottle. It is like you took a bottle and you like smacked it so hard that it got scared and just stubbed out. Um, <laughs> so look it up. If you don't know what an old Forrester birthday bourbon bottle looks like, look it up. You'll be like, wow, how do you So is the bottle the same every thing? year? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, this came out in September of 2019. And was pretty much used, um, it, like, basically Old Forster Birthday Bourbon is, in my opinion, it's not exactly true anymore, but it used to be, like, the kickoff to bourbon season. Okay. Like, fall bourbon season, which is where you get things like the Antique Collection, mm-hmm. Pappy Van Winkle, <clears throat> some cr- really crazy uh, releases come out in the fall. And usually, Birthday Bourbon is early September, and it, like, kicks everything off. So that's kind of what I think of. When birthday bourbon hits, you know, shelves or, or back back door or back shelves or whatever it is, where it might never hit the shelf is what I'm saying. MSRP for this, uh, for this specific release, it's higher now, uh, but MSRP is $100. But being a yearly release, that might go quite a bit higher on the secondary market. And let's drink. I'm really stoked. Yeah. I haven't, I've only had a few birthday bourbons. Um and yeah, it's 2015, 16, and I don't know what else, but I remember having another one. 
but it wasn't 19. I can show you that. Uh, I'm going to pour out of my awesome sample bottle with the cool gold label, yeah. Nathan. Thank you so much. It's funny, though. The more like you get stuff from the couriers from people, you get whiskey from people, like you really like start looking at how they're pa- packaged or how they fit, like send them. And I start comparing who's is better. Who, uh-huh. Mine are the worst. I just put painter's tape on it. Cause <laughs> yeah, and like a ballpoint pen. Yep, mine's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a, li- a great smell off of just pouring it. Yeah, it's unique. Um, I get a lot of vapor. But yeah, not but a, like good vapor. But not in opinion. a bad way. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. <clears throat> That's kind of the first thing I'm getting. And it's got a, I mean, it's got a good bourbon smell to it. Faint, mm-hmm. faint on the bourbon. Faint cherries, a little bit, maybe. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I'm trying to nail this note, but it's it's delicious. There's something there. It's something there that's yeah. good, but I can't put my finger on it either. It's really pleasant. Like you could really sniff it in. Like you don't have to worry about like coughing as you sniff. Oh, oh man. man! So, have you sipped yet? No, I'm still. I'm, it's got oh, a good. I'm yeah. enjoying the nose a little too much here. I, I, I don't know. Have you sipped yet? I think one of my nostrils is out. One of mine is too, and I was just trying to clear it a little bit. I got. Yeah, me too. Um. Okay, I went for. Oh man. There is. This is. A subtly delicious palate. Like it is really. Really, I mean, it doesn't punch you at all. It just kind of, it just, it's kind of like laying down on a comfy couch, you know. It's it just kind of hits your palate like a couch. Um, they get a little bit of mint on it. I don't know. Are you getting anything minty? Yeah, right at the finish. Yeah, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, really complex for a bourbon, especially. Oh yeah. Oh man, I got to go for a second sip because. I enjoyed the first sip quite a bit, but I didn't really catch any notes, but I really enjoyed the first sip. Oh, this so has... I'm going to go for a second quick one. This has an amazing... Really, this is complex. I'm having trouble pulling stuff out. You get, I do get some mint, um, but it's just a super pleasant, like, yeah, lingering on the palate. It's really nice. This is super sippable. Oh, that's really good. I don't... I don't one know of the I'll, other things... Oh, go ahead. I, I don't know if I want to add water or ice to it because it's like amazing right now. Yeah. And they, they talk on the website in terms of the this release that their master distiller and their master taster got together and they picked this proof in particular because they said it was basically the best they could find in this in that range. I have a feeling if we add water, it will definitely not make it better. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention in the history is that this is an 11-year, 105 proof. Uh, typically, you'll see a 12-year, but not all the time out of these releases. But typically, you'll see a 12-year. And, um, yeah. So, I'm not a fan of... I got to pour more yeah, before I add water. I'm not a fan of, like, cough syrup cherry. But mm. this kind of has, like, a medicinal cherry note to it. I can see a little bit more than that. Into but, really but I like, but I do opinion. like this. I do like this. It's, uh, um, yeah, it's super complex. I mean, there's a lot there, and I'm not pulling a lot out, which mm-hmm. is really frustrating. But oh man, it, the nose keeps getting better and better. Like that's, I mean, that's that's what you want out of a 
a nice, um, hard to find or high end whiskey, right? You want to be able to be like, yeah, enjoy it maybe even differently every single time. Be like, oh, I didn't, didn't see this or didn't get that or share it with a friend where they get something. And you're like, oh, that's what it was. That's what I couldn't put my finger on. So this is really, mm-hmm. really good for drinking with, with uh, yeah. folks. Yeah. One thing I'll say about this is it is a full-bodied bourbon, especially for an 11-year at 105 proof. And not especially. Like that that really brings it out. is like a little over 100 proof and 11-year-old um it is a uh, really good sweetness, um, almost getting a little bit of like a, uh, a really like a graham cracker crust. Uh, I would normally say graham cracker, but that makes that gives the impression that it's light. This is dense uh, in a good way, in a very good way, um, almost like a graham cracker crust. Um, and then the mint is very present on the finish. Yeah. Uh, it just it's just like it almost freshens your breath at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something. But I'm, yeah, I am gonna go for the water. Pull out my cool limestone water. Kentucky limestone. Yeah, Kent- um, exactly. So I put uh, my did my drop. The nose it uh it, I don't know maybe I need to do a second drop because it didn't change much for me. The, the vapors are there a little bit more, but other than that, it's still the same. It's still got that complexity to it for sure. Uh huh. I think it's a little sweeter too, though. I think there's a little more sweetness on it now, though. So I think the nose with water might be a little bit better. It's going to get a little bit more of that sweet. Yeah, definitely getting sweeter. But it's like, it's very, oh man, this is very good in terms of the oak level is perfect for the sweetness. It's not too oaky for an 11 year at this proof. Sometimes you can get that. Um, oh man, yeah, I'm impressed. This think, this this has confirmed my belief that birthday bourbons can be fantastic. This is a, a I like. I think I like it a little bit with the the, the drop of water in there. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely sweeter for me in general. It's just got a nice sweetness to it. There's no bitterness with the water that you know. I yeah. Know, so far, water. I was I'm surprised because the neat was great, and so I yeah. thought water might kill it, but it did not. It didn't, yeah, and it brightened it up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want it to be a little lighter and a little brighter, add some water. You won't regret it. I mean, you might regret it in terms of the, if you want a beefy, uh, full-bodied bourbon, you'll lose that a little bit, uh, but you won't regret it because of any sort of level of bitterness. I added probably too much water. Like, I did three drops, and I didn't have too much left in my uh, uh, glass, but it is uh, delicious. Still, I think, mm, yeah, I think I, I definitely prefer it neat, but this is still really good. Yeah, so I dropped my cube. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's bringing out a little bit more of the medicinal quality to it, but it's still sweet and From nice. the nose? Yeah, from the nose. I gotcha. Yeah. Here we go. Dropping got, that cube. It's got some nice cloudiness to it with the cube in there. It's real pretty. It is a pretty color, too. It's a nice. It is. Nice amber, yeah, it's with a little like bit of copper amber, yeah, uh, some yeah copper. I was gonna say golden qualities to it. It's really yeah, really yeah. pretty. Yeah, it, for some reason it it's colder in my hand. Mm. Weird. Yeah, the ice made it colder on the palate too. Mm-hmm. Ice didn't kill it. It's good. Didn't. Did not kill it. Did not kill it. It is. Not- it's still really good. 
Not li- better, but good. I get a little bit of bitterness towards the end, but not much. Me too. Yeah. Actually, it adds up. It starts building for me. Is it? But it's, I mean, it's still good. Uh, but the least of three of the three pours, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that does build on it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Ice may not be worth it, but water was good and yeah. meat was great. So. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> uh, I am, well, let me sip a little more of this ice pour Ooh, for sure. Yeah. But I am formulating a rating based on my favorite pour. Ice just got, re- it's getting real bitter. I got to cleanse my, mm-hmm. pa- oh, I don't like that. Got to cleanse the palate on it. Yeah, I don't recommend ice people. Mm-mm. Especially with a valuable pour like this, you don't want to start there. Yeah, uh, maybe try it out once. Um, I wouldn't. Don't but try it yeah, out. with something like this, I would. I would try to keep it neat and maybe add a few drops of water at the end of your pour. Yeah, just to see. Mm. It does get worse. Yeah, it's really as bitter. it dilutes more. Yeah, yeah. I think overall, it's a um, it's really good. I think one of my it's one it has my favorite quality in any whiskey, and that is complexity. Um, yeah. where you can just be like, you know, I mean, everyone, it's nice when you can get something where like, this is just apples. I'm drinking straight apples and which is awesome. You know, you want to have yeah. the bourbon sometimes. Um, but this has complexity like to it where you can, changes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something like, it's like a good murder mystery, you know, where you're just like, you never know quite where it's going. You have an idea, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot to it. And it's nice. This is a good one that you can talk to somebody with, you know, like sitting down, um, sharing it and seeing what people are getting, try it with something new. It's yeah, really good. I think my rating for it, I'm going to go is 8.9. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to base that pretty much, I don't know, between the water and the and the neat. Those are both really good. If I was just going on the ice, it would be like a six something. But yeah. Uh-huh. For Eight, sure. 8.9 overall. That's a high one. Yeah. Um, I put it at exceptional in terms of my secondary rating, which... For the record, if anyone forgot, it is, first of all, it's never drink again, meh, like it, love it, exceptional, and top 10 I've ever had. And this is second second tier from the top is exceptional. This is exceptional bourbon, really renews any sort of faith in you know, an 11-year bourbon here in terms of, and Old Forester's got some good stuff. Actually... I would I would very much say Old Forester. I haven't had everything Old Forester's done, but I've had most of it. Everything's great at Old Forester. Does. Yeah, they do. They, good. they are a sturdy company for an, an distillery of good whiskey, especially bourbon. Um, they do a rye. Uh, I believe it's like a eighty. It might be an eighty-six proof rye. I forget what it is, but they do a green label rye. Anyway, long story short, this is exceptional. Okay. complex like you said really nice mint at the end yeah. uh, reminds me like i feel like if you're gonna have a menthol-y minty uh note it's perfect at the end instead of at the beginning uh this is great complex really good sweetness really good density like those graham cracker crusty notes that i mentioned <laughs> and i i actually formulated a 9.1 so we're not that far off not too bad. Um, yeah. broke nine status for me very happy to give that for uh that but it wasn't it wasn't um you know uh i have no complaints but it wasn't like blow my mind three times over uh it definitely blew my mind and it was very good but it wasn't 
9.5 status, but it was, I mean, definitely nine status for me. Okay. So, um, yeah, thank you, Nathan. This yeah. was a great pour. I hope you're drinking with us uh, and calling out these notes yourself. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about with this? No, I think it's time for Whiskey World News. All right, it's time for Whiskey World News, part of the show where we read an article and we talk about it. We didn't write the article, we just read the article, then we talk about it. Uh, this week's comes from Forbes.com, written by Brad Jaffe, and it's titled, Angel Envy Releases Its First Ever Bourbon Ooh. Finished in Japanese Whiskey Barrels. I saw uh, this, yeah. yeah. Over the past 10 years, Angel Envy has grown from small craft curiosity into one of the biggest names in bourbon. It was on August 19th, 2010 to be exact, that the industry luminary Lincoln Henderson and his son Wes poured their first stock of bourbon into port pipes. At the time, finishing straight American whiskey in other sorts of barrels was viewed as unconventional, to put it politely. Today, the practice has become commonplace. So to push the envelope further still, the brand is commemorating its first decade with a groundbreaking bourbon finished in Japanese old-growth oak. Known as Mizu, Mizu, Mizunara, and it's native, Mizunara, yeah. the, okay, in the native land, the wood is sourced from trees which are upwards of 200 years in age before they're felled. Wow. It doesn't come cheap. Not only are they rare, but the barrels built of its staves are notoriously difficult to work with. It takes the highly specialized skills of Japanese coopers to produce an airtight cask worthy of carrying high-end liquids. As a storage medium, it also requires a fair degree of patience. The basic rule is, the older the wood, the longer it takes to meaningfully impact spirit. Muzanara is wow. a tasteful testament to the axiom, whereas a typical whiskey finish in, say, port or sherry cask might take no more than two or three months. The newest Angel Envy released rested for an additional two years in Japanese cooperage. But when it works, it works wonders, often exerting all sorts of complex sandalwood subtleties and aromatic nuances upon the resulting spirit. Too bad, then, that stateside bottlings are exceedingly rare. Taconic Distillery in upstate New York, which debuted its Mizanara-finished bourbon earlier in the year, is one of the other few examples on the market today. Um, I'm going to kind of skip skip here a little bit just talk about the whiskey uh, bottled at 97.8 proof the blend of four and nine-year-old liquids also exhibits notes of incense smoke fresh ground pepper and a hint of dark roast coffee upon the mid palate it fades from the tongue leaving a, a light trace of toasted oak in its wake rich in body the drink is mouth is a mouthful like an official title angel envy kentucky straight bourbon whiskey finished in japanese missouri oak cast so i'll stop there um Oh, and then I guess I think the price down here says the $350 release comes Ooh. packaged in a reusable crystal decanter. So that's kind of cool. It looks like a cool decanter too. Yeah, it is pretty cool looking. But so anyway, that's that cool. What are you, what are your thoughts? So I actually do have cool thoughts on this one. Okay. Uh, you know how people say, and I probably said it on the podcast before, bourbon needs to be aged in new American oak or new charred American oak. Mm-hmm. I, one of the things that I said in that was not exactly true, and the word is American. It does not need to be an American wood huh. to be a bourbon. Well, you, It needs to be oak, and it needs to be charred and newly charred and never used before for, for aging. You owe me an uh, apology. Those are the rules. I've been uh -huh. telling people American. American. <laughs> you owe me an apology. Maybe you look like a fool. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Um but you know who I learned that from? Uh, who I was corrected by? The famous 
Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Famer Freddie Johnson told me that. Huh. And I was like, doesn't it need to be American? And he's like, nope, just has to be wood. Or it has to be oak. <laughs> and you could use French oak. <laughs> you could use French oak if you'd like. And use he said that. He balsa said he French oak, but French oak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not not wood. It could, it's not balsa wood. Board. or yeah, anything. Not it's got to be board. wood, man. It needs to be oak. Quercus in the Latin uh, family name. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Japanese oak is totally allowed as long as it's an oak. Nice. Uh, so I dig that. And I thought uh, Angel's Envy did a cool move there. Because and we need to have we need to just do standard Angel's Envy on the podcast because that's a that's a pour right there especially in their port barrel finish yeah um but yeah I would say uh, yeah good for them doing that because they were the first to think of it and uh, and there's plenty of Japanese whiskeys that age in the Japanese Minuzera oak casks um but yeah i uh, i respect that but i don't love the price tag what do you say 350 yeah that's yeah. hard that is hard understandable but, to an extent but well hard. even just like they were like it's the wood's expensive it's in this crystal decanter it's it's high end right like all yeah. the way so i get I'm that i'm going to make a prediction okay jim murray will rate this high I don't know why I say that, but I have a feeling that Jim Murray will give this a very high score next time they do. Okay. I would be surprised. I mean, it sounds interesting. I think, you know, like, I think it's awesome, too, because, you know, if Japanese whiskeys weren't doing as well as they are, would this be a thing right now, you know? So it's kind of cool to see. Um, I know Japanese whiskeys are typically, you know, in the style of scotch. So it's kind of cool to see mm-hmm. American, you know, a blending from Americans be like, okay, hey, now let's, let's try to grab something from Japan. So I think that's, that's cool. So I think anytime, anytime that you can kind of cross over and try new things, I'm a fan. So Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it'll be cool. Yeah, um, yeah I'm intrigued because apparently the, the Minizera ca- casks are part of what makes Japanese whiskey as good as it is. Mm-hmm. And like me and you, we've had a lot of Japanese whiskey, but it's always good. Oh man! I mean, I've never had like to Toki have yet. A bad one. Yeah, but I I hear Toki's all right, uh, which is a I believe Toki's a no Yamazaki product. Yeah, don't choke on the Toki. <laughs> but um, it's not too expensive, so yeah. you won't go brokey. <laughs> well, it, we're gonna yeah. One day I hope to have uh, the the Angels Envy Japanese cask on the podcast. That'd be yeah, killer. that would be. Hey, so, yeah. listeners, if you got an extra little pour, you don't even need to give us two ounces. Just give us one ounce a pop. And, uh, or, t- you know, two ounces per. Just give us one ounce a pop. We'll take care of you. You'll take care of us. Everything's great. So, man. also, I mean, there's also only, I didn't read this part, but 1,200 uh, total bottles. And it's all available by... Jason Parisa. Preston's good at that kind of thing. Yeah. He'll get, like, a million bottles of... Or Mr. Sam... Yeah. And uh yeah, which only had 12,000 or 1200 bottles. Um, oh really? Yeah, he got Yeah, that was Mr. Sam, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Well, it was all right. <laughs> you did, uh, you did, that's right. That was when we we It split was so up. dry that it was hard for me. <clears throat> that was one of my favorites. Uh for yeah. sure. No, and I believe anyone a lot of people could really love that bottle. But anyway, I've mentioned that a few times. Yeah. So, uh, nice, nice article. Any thoughts yourself concerning that? That's about it. That's all I really got for it. Yeah. Should we move on to another segment? 
Yes, let's move on to what whiskey would you choose? Now, Robbie, go ahead and uh, explain what happened last week. What do you mean, what happened I, I, last week? I, I do have a, uh, a qualm <laughs> about this. Um, nice picture you took of me. <laughs> that, that was. But I guess there's like, there's like no legitimate pictures of the Raspberry Sunshine. But I had to be half blinking. Sure, yeah, didn't I? I kind of stacked. <laughs> I tried to stack the deck in my favor there. And I think you won. I did by uh yeah what was it here i'm pulled up uh oh, shnikes where'd it go oh dear i did win i think it Holy was like shnikes it was hey you know as we we're talking though Dramhound uh just shared on yeah. his, his story uh your answer to his thing of what's the best uh oh nice sample you ever got from the uh distillery and your amber uh-huh. so he's, he just shared he hey, couldn't believe it check out these guys and uh oh so, that's great yeah so it shared us on there and so appreciate that um, we appreciate you dram hound his anyway. name is adam i found out oh. but we'll just keep calling him dram he's dram hound dram hound's a, yeah, that's a good i like that that's a good moniker that's a good name yeah anyway uh summer cocktail whiskey co- it i went i had won 60 percent to 40 percent. the jack jack and soda versus the raspberry sunshine nice yeah Anyway. Hey, not too bad for losing. Yeah, not too bad. And I, I, <laughs> I was wait, I, I was waiting for you to text me, be like, "Thanks for the picture, Rob. I enjoyed." Uh-huh. It. <laughs> I thought I'd bring it up in the podcast. <laughs> um, didn't have a lot of write-ins this week either. Um, but uh, Miles Ferguson, Kilted Five Eighteen, said Sazerac. I may try Smoky Koki, but with Lafroig. And uh, in Dram- terms of like summer drinks, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Dramhound, and this is probably I probably do this more often. Uh, just a bourbon and lemonade, like whatever bourbon's on hand, throw a little, throw in a little bit of lemonade. That's always yummy. And then Jason Preston, <laughs> he's just said beer, beer, beer. go for beer. <laughs> um, so, Love it. Yeah. So that's hey, that. Jason, hit us up. Do you ever get like good micro like craft? brewery beer up in canada i'm sure you do in like because you're out in the montreal area or rather the uh where is he yeah he's out in montreal area do you get like good options out there because we get killer options i mean he probably gets better options than we do but yeah hit us up uh jason what kind of good beer options you get in canada do you just get molson or you get better than that (laughs) so let me know Hey, uh, I do want to jump back real quick because I just when I was looking yeah. for the, the totals there, Dramhound he, he was dubbed us the winner uh, of the what's the best sample you got? So the Amaranth won. Oh, that's great! Yeah, so we thanks, Dramhound. Yeah, that's awesome. So appreciate that. Anyway, Cole, you got a scenario for us for this week? I do, and I feel like this scenario will work in a multi-week format. Okay, uh, but we're gonna split it up. We're gonna be dealing with Scotch today. Okay. And the question is, what is the best bargain in scotch? Oh, see. And I'm not talking about, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> it's, it's you know, it might be a $300 bottle, but it might be the best bargain you can get in scotch. Gotcha. What is the best bargain in scotch? And it could be a $20 bottle, but it's worth the 20 by far. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's value versus price, you know? Yeah, too fun. it's funny so. you mentioned that because I was reading an article the other day. Someone uh, just put out, I can't remember who it was, but it was just like what they asked a bunch of uh, master distillers, what's the best bargain for uh-huh. whiskey kind of a thing. And so, uh, and yeah. one of them, and I can't remember what one was, was saying, it was Old Forester 86. I'm like, that, that would nice. have been mine. So what, but maybe it won't be because we might do this for bourbon later. Anyway. Exactly. Um, it's funny because 
before beforehand you're like do you have a wet whiskey would you use i'm like yeah it's not not super solid let's go with yours and cole's like okay so pretty much the same thing so it's a not super solid oh, that's funny <laughs> <laughs> not super solid one uh but i do like it. it's a good question so best bargain uh for scotch i'm gonna go oh man how much is what was the one that you i was talking about last week the uh the 16 year uh, Avalor? No, what? 16 years. Oh, you, the Grant. Oh, Lafroy or Lagavulin. Lagavulin. Not Lagavulin. No, you gave oh. it to me. The Glen Grant. What? The Glen Grant. Oh, bro. How much is yeah. that one? How much is that bottle? Uh, Miles Ferguson's going to answer that for you because he bought it for me as a gift and I don't know the price. Oh, okay. I forget the price at least. Well, since we don't know that, I'm, and I, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to search for. Um, oh, it's 80 bucks. Looks nice. Like about eighty bucks. So I'm gonna go. That's with such that. a nice thing, Miles Ferguson. Thank that's what you. It, that's what I see there. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Glen Grant sixteen because that was amazing and eighty bucks for something that good. Like I would, I would pay a lot more for that. So oh, for sure. Yeah. I'd, oh, and like Glen Grant is honestly one of my favorite Highland scotches or Speysides in this case. Um. So. I thought about it, and I like changed my answer a few times in my head. Uh, but I am a huge, huge Glendronic fan when it comes yeah. to Highland Scotch. But the twelve year, I believe, is like seventy or eighty bucks, and that is one of. And so it's hard with with Scotch because a good Scotch typically doesn't start until about sixty bucks a bottle. So with bourbon, it's like, yeah, you can get a 86 uh, Old Forester for like 18 bucks, and it's mm-hmm. good. It's very good for the price. Um, but then with scotch, it's hard to break into a good bottle until you're about in the 60 range. But yeah, a Glendronic 12, uh, the uh, red label, so good. Um, actually, Miles Ferguson bought me a Glendronic 8-year, and he got it as like a mini. I still haven't opened it yet, but I would love to. Um, but yeah, we'll have to do that sometime. Put it on the podcast, but yeah. uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Glendronic 12, fantastic Highland Scotch. Usually sherry finished, or in this case, it's a, uh, uh, I believe it's a Oloroso. Yeah, it's an Oloroso. I believe the 18 year is a uh, PX cask, Pedro Jimenez cask. Um, but yeah, oh man, if you're out there and you're like, what do I buy in the Scotch realm? You go buy yourself some Glendronic uh, 12 year, and it's like, poof. actually, nice. there was a there was a friend of mine that reached out to me the other or about six months ago, and he said, "Hey, I got I'm going to the Philippines, and people out there are really big into into like whiskey, but you can't buy whiskey in the Philippines hmm. apparently, or something like that." And he says, "Can you bring some whiskey?" And so I he's like, "What do I get, Cole?" And I'm like, "Eagle Rare." And Glendronic 12 in terms of the Scotch bourbon, uh, you know, and he got both of them, luckily. Um, but And he hit up my old favorite uh, liquor store in Colorado Springs. Shout out to Veterans Liquor. Uh, hit them up if you live there. They are the best in town, for sure. Nice. Uh, that's, uh, yep, that's my thought, is Glendronic 12. So um, anything else for what whiskey would you choose? No, I think that's about it, man. Nice. Yeah. So next week, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I figure, Robbie, and correct me if I'm, if I'm probably not uh, the best idea, but I figure we can go by the order of which ones we recorded. That sounds good. Uh, in that time. So we, so we're, next week is going to be Johnny Drum. 
Yeah. And that'll be the Monday after this is recorded or released rather. And Johnny Drum is uh, a technically a Kentucky bourbon distillers product, but I won't go too deep into the um, <laughs> details because that's for don't next give week. away the goods, Cole. Yeah, exactly. And 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 we can't. Um, we're gonna have all these what whiskey would you chooses, but we we're not gonna line them up. We we are gonna do them in the next few weeks on Instagram like we normally do. Uh, but we're not going to release the results until we come back with um, what we drink next. So, yeah, uh, after the three weeks are over. So we'll have three different releases. And yeah, should we mention them all? I guess we could. Yeah, so we'll go Johnny Drum and then is it Old Tub next? I think Old Tub was last. Was Old Tub last? I think the... No, uh, no because I was getting my reentry buzz right. on the Old Tub, I think. Yeah. So it's going to be Johnny Drum, and then I think Old Uh Tub, and then what was the third one we did? Third one was Del Bach Dorado. That's right. Yeah, Del Bach was the last one. Yeah, and it... um, that if you if you listen if you I'm I'm hoping to hit up the distillery for that one you, and you're gonna love that episode. If you don't like our one off episodes, listen to the Delbach. And if you don't want to listen to the Delbach, you're go home. You're go drunk. Home. It's yeah no. We were that's for sure. That was the second one that day. Well, I was. <laughs> Cole, Cole won't call. Um, but yeah, so that Delbach is gonna be a, one of my. It's probably my favorite episode we've gotten. It record. was a it was a hubba to what? I'll, oh, I'll give that away. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, sounds good, man. Well, anyway, I hope I hope uh, in a month from now I get to hear how great this date was, Cole. Yeah, I hope that uh, you're not in a lot of pain. I hope that you are like surprised by how quick your recovery is. I hope that is correct, sir. But most of all, I hope our love of spirits lifted yours. Mm-hmm.